So how did um, how did it start for you? Did it start um, the outboard experience through through the sleep state, or did it start off as an intentional process? Mm. More of a sleep state, but it really was kind of like I was. <clears throat> it was something that, that that happened to me, so I wasn't quite expecting it when I began having the experiences, uh, and then it, from from then on, it became a fairly frequent occurrence, and so. It, kicked off with you know really profound out-of-body experience which i would you know is actually say the astral projection experience which is not necessarily the same thing as just floating out of your body but it's uh something you know more akin to like a near-death experience but happening without being near death and so that occurred to me a bit spontaneously in 2014 and that's you know that that experience which was quite profound seemed to kick off what became many many other experiences which were a bit less profound. It's almost like I had this one like spontaneous thing that happened, which I wasn't expecting and I wasn't looking for. I wasn't trying to practice out-of-body states. And then after that happened, it's like it unlocked something in me that allowed me to start having experiences on a weekly basis, you know, that, that, that type of thing. So what caused that initial experience, I don't really understand, but I oftentimes say I felt like it was facilitated by somewhere else because it seemed to didn't really have a trigger you know it's just like i went to bed one night and then in the middle of me being asleep suddenly a bunch of crazy stuff started happening so it is a little bit mysterious i suppose so did it begin with kind of your standard dream state while you're asleep and then become suddenly lucid or how did you notice the change from sleep into out of body um in this case that initial experience it I mean, any dream that I was having was disconnected. I was no longer dreaming because suddenly it shifted into me like physically leaving my body. And I knew that because it was a mirror by my bed. And so I literally, it was, it's quite comical, but uh, I, I could see myself floating in front of the mirror. So there was my body lying on the bed and there was me, second me above that body. And I, was in, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like doing this. And that's quite comical. And then, uh, but I was being pushed upward like I wasn't even in control and I, I was like being coming upward into what was the attic of the house and the attic of the house is just dark so I'm in a dark space and I'm above the house looking down at the house and I'm still it's like I'm going for a ride and then from that point of being above the house I suddenly like warped into a different environment which was a uh, like a nature kind of like a forest i suppose and then you know then then the experience progressed from there but it i don't you know it didn't really have like a trigger such as a lucid dream which can happen sometimes these days or you can find a lucid dream is kind of like uh melting into an out-of-body experience or merging into an astral experience but that initial experience it was just by itself and very curious but i mean during that whole process, I could still, I was still aware that I was lying on my bed at the same time. So it's almost like, you know, I, you still have some awareness of your physical body on the bed while you're going through this process. And that, that might be a little bit of a difference. For example, with a near-death experience, you're almost like you're fully out <laughs> because you're having cardiac arrest. But with that kind of out-of-body experience, I mean, pulled along for a ride, but I, it's still kind of up to me to keep it going. If I, if I lost concentration or really wanted to go back into my body or if I panicked, 
then I would have, I would have, I would, I would have been broken. So really, it was about not panicking and then going with it, and then that allowed the experience to last and last. But eventually, it did break, and I ended up. Um, I lost the experience, you know, after I don't know how, 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 how long I could put that into a time frame, maybe like 20 minutes or 25 minutes or something like that. But, um, but that was the, that was the initial, like, uh, the, the, the thing that got point. Right. Yeah. Many people consider that, um, astral projection or out of body experience are a form of lucid dream that essentially it's, it's all in your head, but it's very realistic feeling. So how, how can you, kind of differentiate between a lucid dream or a mind fabrication to an ontologically genuine experience um, I, i'm assuming well, you, you believe that it is a genuine ontological experience yeah right um well the thing is people can have lucid dreams and a lucid dream could potentially mimic an astral projection state and so that's one of the areas of confusion it's also why people in the air, in this field, like there's some people who approach it entirely as materialists and believe it's all being created in the mind, because if you have a lucid dream and you're conscious, aware, and you're savvy, you can see that the lucid dream is being created by by you. So if I if I'm lucid dreaming, which I also do, then I realize that what's happening is that there's a co-creative process between me and some other part of my mind. That's creating a storyline. And that's almost always what happens in a lucid dream is that there's a storyline. Like I had this dream last night that I was in the jungle and that there were dinosaurs looking for me. And then I was with an Amazonian tribe and we were hunting uh, a pterodactyl, like something that is inspired by something in your subconscious or a TV show you saw or something that something you want to experience or play out as a fantasy is typically my experience with lucid dreaming or sometimes it's more complicated than that you go into the Freudian stuff it could be something that you need to work out within yourself so it's like this fantasy world gets created but anyway when I'm lucid in a dream state I can tell that it's all being created by me and then I begin co-creating it so I can decide I'm going to create this pterodactyl. I'm going to create this environment. Wouldn't it be fun to do this? I'm going to um, meet this type of person. I'm going to meet this character. And, you know, I, I know this character from a TV show. I'm going to plant them in. So it's a, it's a lot of like programming a, like a computer game or a virtual reality type of, type of situation. Astral projection. Oh, let me actually back up. Um, and also in lucid dreaming, when you are interacting with people, just like everything else in the environment, it's just stuff that's coming out of your mind so for example you can't in a lucid dream talk to somebody who has original ideas and original thoughts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's all recycled the, from your own mind yeah it's, so yeah so it's whatever's already in your mind is pretty much the, the the extent of their vocabulary so in a lucid dream you're not going to hear somebody say something in a language you don't know for example so in an astral projection experience, one of the first things that you'll notice is that instead of a storyline, you're in an environment that may be a lot more mundane. For example, you're just in a, you're, you're in a forest, you're in somewhere, and there's no storyline behind it. You don't know where you are, you don't know what's going on. And then you have to, you interact in that environment. And then when you encounter another person, and it's kind of like you can tell right away that it's a real person 
And then that's when you'll find it as you're having a paranormal experience because if it's, um, you know, you're properly connected enough and you can talk to other people, then you can get information that's not in your mind. Okay, so if you meet someone who's Japanese, they say something in Japanese and you wake up, you look the word up in the dictionary and then there it is. Or you, um, you know, they, they say they, they, they have knowledge that you don't have. And when you talk to them, you can tell that they're real people. You know, so they have like real reactions. They and also when, when you, as, as you're lucid, you realize that there is no co-creative process happening. So you can't make stuff happen. You can't say, oh, I'm going to create the dinosaur. I'm going to do this and do that. You realize all that's actually blocked off. And if you're, you can try to do that, but nothing can happen. And, and you seem to be around real people who are quite tangible. And um, I guess you could be sentient of, of, of their environment in the same way that, you know, we would be here. So that is kind of, you know, you have to look for those, those uh, signals that it's a, you know, a quote, real experience, right? So they can be confusing. And I think a lot of people get into this and they don't see that distinction because they had a bunch of lucid dreams and then they just affiliate that with astral projection. And another thing is that sometimes, and actually a lot of the time, if you ask the project, there's some kind of a weird psychophysical thing that happens to you where you may feel a sensation of leaving your body. Now, sometimes you actually leave, you have an out-of-body experience where you do leave your body in your bedroom and then you see, see that happening. And then that kind of becomes an astral experience. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or sometimes you just have a sensation like you've left your body or you feel something weird. So you, so it's, you, so you can tell something different going on than just a dream because you get a weird sensation all over your body, like an energy sensation, for example. So those are, those are some, some of the markers, but people do have to be aware of that difference. And there's some people on the field, you'll never be able to convince them that it's anything but a lucid dream because they've never had anything but a lucid dream. Yeah, they've never had anything to compare it to. Yeah. So how, how can you know? It seems it'd be difficult to distinguish, for example, if um, you experience in an astral projection a sentient being or something that you'd assume you wouldn't have been able to conjure up. But how would you be able to differentiate between that being a genuine sentence against, say, something that's not in the conscious mind but was stored many years ago in the subconscious and has come forward for whatever reason? Well, again, it's the um, ability to get objective information so if you ask questions and you get answers to things you don't know you know so this the, the subconscious can only go so far uh, the, the subconscious doesn't have and if, if we're going to say the subconscious has access to all information then then what is the subconscious right so that now that that, that becomes um something that is of a supernatural aspect at that point so if you talk to somebody and then they're able to give you provide information you don't know then where is it coming from? There is, uh, early on, I wasn't so sure myself. And so I would accuse people that I met in astral states of being in my mind. And the response I typically got was they would be very pissed off at me in a way very, very similar to if I were to go out in this world and do that to somebody. So if I went to a store and I said, excuse me, are you in my mind? You know, like they look at you like you're crazy. And so that was, the reaction I was getting for a while in the actual astral states. 
So when it comes to confirming that it's not in your subconscious, well, I mean, when you lose a dream, anyone you meet, it is being created in the subconscious, and then you can bring that into the normal conscious mind. You can create people, you can create things, you can create environments. But with an astral state, there just isn't, um, there just really isn't any confusion about that, I suppose, similar to being awake and lucid in this world. And there, there shouldn't be confusion about whether what you see or experience is with real people or not. There's an impression that real people leave on you when you meet them as, as compared to creating fictional representations. Like I've never felt an impression by a lucid dream character. I just think this is an NPC that I made. With, um, you know, with, with the astral state, I mean, I've literally, like in the initial experiences, had long conversations in the astral state with people who are aware that I'm out of my body and giving me advice to have out-of-body experiences and talking about their life when they used to be on Earth. And it's just, it, it, it goes into a different um, category, I suppose, of experience. And I guess it has to be kind of experienced to understand. But, uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of things do operate on a subconscious level, uh, especially in, like, lucid dream states. But uh, we have to, at some point, know how to draw the distinction between reality and something that's, quote, quote, you know, yeah, just a dream or a fantasy. And uh, I can see how this could be also difficult for some people. And I do think that people have astral experiences and they mistake them for lucid dreams and uh, vice versa. So, it, you know, you have, to, you have to approach it critically. And so that's what I do is, I mean, I've, what I've done many times, I've, you know, I've gotten objective information from people in those astral states for one, to prove to myself, but also sort of to back up particular experiences. If someone says, you know, was this experience quote real? And then I can say, at least from my reporting as a journalist, having the experience basically that, you know, I got this information from somebody that I was able to verify. Sometimes it's even information about a person that I was talking to, like who they were in this world, which uh, there's a lot of stories about that. I mean, I've had people who have met, I, I'm on, on my show, Afterlife Topics and Metaphysics, I've had people who as guests who have met people from this world while they're in astral states and then they're able to like rendezvous in this in this life. So they're both amazing. having they're both in and out of body I've never been able to do that. But I, I've I've had guests who have done that and it, it's a commonly it's it's a common tale that you hear in some of the forums. But I, I have been able to in astral states confirm people's identities though who had passed away. So people from this world who had died and um, look look them up basically. So I've done that like three times, but I'd like to do it more. But again, like, you know, if it was a if it, if it was a fantasy, you wouldn't be able to do those types of things. Um, I've been trying to have out of body experiences for a long time with marginal success. I've never separated, but a lot of the tapes and the the um, guided meditations you hear kind of tell you to imagine you see your astral body lifting up. And you can imagine it, you can picture it, but you, you don't actually really feel it. So I'm just curious just to know what the kind of step-by-step -step is by, of your experience from lying down on the bed to having the sensations to being out of body. Is it like a physical feeling? Is it just in your imagination 
Doesn't no, it? it's a physical feeling if it's an out-of-body experience that's in your bedroom. And in that case, I don't know if imagining is going to, I mean, it might help prime your mind for it, but really to go out of your body, you want to you go into like a sleep paralysis state. You want your body to be immobilized, but your mind active. And then you want to push your astral body out of your physical body. And then if that happens successfully, you will see your sleeping arm here, and then you'll see a translucent version of that arm rising out of it. And then, you know, you have motor function of that. And then from there, you want to try to, like, push yourself out of yeah. your body. So when you, when, you say, out out. when you say push, is that – because when they say, um, you know, um, now you got your eyes closed and they're saying, right, now – Move your astral body up, as you say. Some of them say, you know, push your, your astral arm up. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, if I do that, I'm going to lift my arm and I'm going to yeah, break it. Uh, it so there has how to do be you... a physical disconnect or you're just moving your arm. So if, 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 you're para- if you're having like a sleep paralysis episode or something where you're, you're um, conscious while your body falls asleep, then it's like you automatically gain what I would call motor function of your astral body. In that case, you're not worried about that because whether you like it or you are moving your astral limbs so around. How, how do you know the difference of if you're in, intending to move your astral arm? How, how do you know you're not going to move your physical arm, but instead, is there a difference in feeling? Or For me, you can't help it. You actually, like, like if your physical body is, is emotionless asleep, then the only thing you can move are your astral limbs. So, the, so your other body is immobilized. And so you, you have no choice. And this is all. This is for having the out-of-body experience, like like in the bedroom. If you want to, if you want to, you, hopefully you can get out of, out completely when you're in that state. And then when you fall out completely, sometimes that will that will end up you being in the astral plane in your house, basically. So you're going to be in the counterpart to wherever you are now on the astral spectrum, and things may quickly change, and it, also your consciousness may begin altering as well. That, that's the difficult thing. You want to stay lucid. And connected to your life in this environment here but um so you'll either be on that spectrum you'll be in your house on that spectrum or whatever whatever exists on that spectrum where your house is mm-hmm. you know so it could be somewhere else it could be something else that's you know a different type of building or a different environment and then you'll be astral projecting you'll know it because you you, you initiated it and then sometimes that thing they can be very disappointing because then what do you do then you know, is there anyone around? Are there people living there? People you could harass and talk to? You know, like who's this person who just appeared in my living room? Um, or you'll be in this reality still, but you'll be out of body. And that's when you can do the veridical perception thing. So that's when you can, you know, you'll be in this like in between, like in this netherworld type of type environment where you're still in your house here. But, you know, you could, you, but you're floating around like a ghost. And then you can spy on things. You can gather information so those are the two things that can happen if you can bounce out of your body and then the other way to initiate the experience is that you're having a dream which is actually an experience that is happening on the astral level and so when you go lucid during that dream instead of going into a lucid dream you go into an astral projection experience but how do you tell the difference well in particular you know if you have if you're having a dream about a deceased loved one you, you may be visiting them while you're asleep. And the dream is the information, the data coming in from that experience you normally don't have a perception or memory of. If you can go lucid during that moment, you'll find yourself in an astral experience, not, not, not a dream. So kind of to summarize. 
So if you're in, intending to do a, an app body experience and you're in the meditative state to do it, what kind of physical sensations can you expect which will notify you that you're getting towards that separation level? You may experience an energy that kind of goes from the from your neck down throughout your body. You may feel like a whirring sensation, like a, almost like a consciousness you may feel like a kind of a displacement. You may feel... Mm, what else have I felt? One thing that I felt that, um, when I had a strange experience was an incredible pounding in the heart. Mm, interesting. Is I've that, never felt that. Was, do you think it was a really, like actually your heart or was this something else? Uh, I think it was... What, what happened is I was with my eyes closed and my vision from behind closed eyes went very light, very grey, light grey, white. And I think that that kind of triggered an anxiety response, which got yeah. my heart beating. However, I have read somewhere that that, is, that can be a sign that it's the spiritual heart or the energy around that area that's simulating it. But to me, I thought it was most likely just an anxiety reaction. But I think it's, it sounds like anxiety to me. Um, I think if you're new to the experience, it can be anxiety-inducing, and it'll also block future experiences from happening. So there's that fear that you have people have to get, a, get over that hump to be able to have the experience easily. And if it's a new, weird thing that's happening, because it is a very physical and strange experience actually it's not it's not like oh i'm i'm imagining I'm visualizing i'm out of my body it's not like that. It's, it's actually like you're it's, it's like it's something i mean i mean out of body experiences are are a medical phenomenon as well because people have them they become very traumatized so you can go to medical websites and read about out of body experiences have you had one what to do because it is a real yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a, um, thing that fits you and yeah. uh and they, they always link you to um temple parietal junction disorders don't they yeah, um, yeah, they, they have, of course, their weird materialist theories about how to deal with it. But um, ultimately, though, I mean, they, 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 they just want to treat someone who's distressed because they had that experience. They don't know what it was. And so they feel better if they get some materialist explanation as opposed to actually like you went out of your body. So. Mm. And I suppose it's always worth, you know, there are some disorders that do, that do cause sensations of the app. I mean, um Olaf Blunky and his experiments did show that you can have the sense of some sort of separation which could be caused to autism so of course you do need to make sure that there's nothing going on first yeah I mean these are especially if it's a sensation of being displaced from your body that can be psychological and even you know as a way to cope with the trauma and then also there can be um, other other types of sensory based conditions out-of-body experience to me is pretty clearly an out-of-body experience because I'm in a set, I'm in a duplicate version of my body and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Look, you know, I can feel yeah, my, yeah. you know, this other it's, hand and where, where did this yeah. come from? And, it, it's know, not how, a sensation, it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. So can, can you just, to finish off, give some examples of some veridical perceptions that you've had that, and why you believe that they are true veridical perceptions? Okay, uh, I mean, there's been a lot. I was I was in a hostel. I think this was in Greece or somewhere once, like 2015. Um, went out of my body, um, went into the dorm rooms, and there was this guy who was um, in a really, really weird position, lying on his dorm room. And he was, he was like, 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 I don't like him. <laughs> lying like this, like weird. I'm like, this is so weird. Why is this guy lying like this? <laughs> and so I, did, I I went back into my body and then got up out of the bed and then turned my flashlight and my phone on and investigated. And there the other guy was. Like, <laughs> uh, there was a guy, there was, um, I was living in Prague and my, my roommate 
was in the other room and he was my roommate, actually a guy I knew from Los Angeles as well. And he was a meditation guy. Anyway, so I, I went out of my body sleeping in his living room and I, I, I went through his door and he was, he was um, cross-legged on the floor. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. He had a bathrobe on. And then, then later that day, I interrogated him. It's like, what do you do at 7 a.m.? He's like, I begin each morning by meditating. Like, are you wearing a bathrobe this morning? Yes. Right. So, so that's a that's an example. Um, the house I'm in right now. Had a roommate spied on him one time. Um, similar thing by examining like his position sleeping and and and, and things like that. I have uh, what else? So does the guy that was sleeping like a chipmunk is does has he never done that before? I, I didn't know remember. who he, I barely knew who he was. So I didn't even know who he was. Like, right. Guest, right? And I, I, the guy I'd met him once earlier that day. And he, uh, right. that was so there, was, there was there was no chance that you could have assumed he'd probably do that at some point. He's just some guy. I don't. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Who he, I remember he was kind of like a weird a weird guy. But I you know, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't know. Didn't know him. No, he certainly does seem to be a weird guy. If that's what he does. Yeah, he has yeah, a lot yeah. of like. Um, he talked a lot in his sleep and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> I was I was just looking for stuff I could report back on. Mm-hmm. And I think I've had a lot of other ones if I can try to remember. Because uh, you know, anytime I'm in that state, I look for something I can I can I can verify. Um, let's see, like uh, you know, I look for small details of things sometimes. And it's always accurate. That's the thing. You know, I don't, you know, I mean, there's not always opportunities to get the veridical information, but when it happens, like I haven't really been disappointed. I mean, sometimes that, that in between or that ethereal zone, you'll see things there that don't exist here. Um, you'll see objects and things lying around, things that you don't see from this perception. So you can get thrown off. But if you can go somewhere and start, try to look at something that you know is part of this, this world, then you can, you can get the information back. And that's kind of the key thing about getting the validity of these experiences is, is finding that veridical information because then it's beyond doubt, especially if you weren't aware of it before. I mean, there's a lot of experiences I've read where you can think, well, you know, that someone was out of their body and they saw um, that someone had put a pair of glasses somewhere. And you'd think, well, the way you're describing it, when you walk up the stairs to your bedroom, you're going to be passing them glasses. So you might have unconsciously noticed they were there. You know, you can explain this sort of thing. But, you know, examples like yours with the, the guy, that, that seems very coincidental. Yeah, it, 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 would be, yeah, it wouldn't make any... Yeah. There's not really another explanation. So for me personally, like I would say, well, obviously I really was out of my body and I was, I was viewing that happening. But, I mean, I've done this many other times. It's just... Uh, those those stories pop out a little bit in my mind because um, yeah you, for, for, for what you just explained you know like I might not if I see something which I know I've probably seen before I'm not gonna like journal that down as something to write about or put in a book or anything like that. Mm. 